You are listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm in studio with my producer, Vince Tedesco. What, what? Season four, buddy. What, what? This is it. Brand new season. It's like season fall four. sweeps time, right? That's so it. So you, you got to kick it off big. That's what you do. And we got uh, a pretty big name in studio with we us today. We have a huge name in studio with us today, a full hour. So before we bring him in, before we queue him up, he has a brand new comedy special on Amazon Prime Video called Quality Time, and it actually is the first ever original stand-up special to be released on Amazon Prime Video. Streaming right now. Streaming right now, and we have him for a full hour right here in studio. Jim Gaffigan, ladies and gentlemen. Full hour with Jim Gaffigan, kicking off season four. I'm Dean Young. This is Vince Tedesco. Four more years! Four Four more more years. years! Four more years! We have no audience, and we're about to go... Inside the Joke. Hit the intro! Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back. You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I am, of course, Dean Young, and today we have a very, very special guest. We have a very special episode. In studio, we have the one and only Jim Gaffigan joining us now. Well, I oh, am. Yeah. An, it's an there's, honor to be here. There's no studio audience. Is your so last I, name spelled Y-O-N-G-E? Like, like the street? Is it? No, no relation. Uh, There's nothing in this in the city of Toronto named for me, unfortunately. Jim. Not yet. Not yet. You might be though. You uh, might have. Something I was named after you. What's that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, there's nothing named after me. So you're in town. You have a new special. Yes. On Amazon Prime Video. Yes. It's quality time. It's quality time with Jim Gaffigan. And uh, I'm also uh, I'll be touring uh, throughout Canada in January and February. So um, you guys are going to get sick of me. We're going to get a lot of Gaffigan. That's right. Do you find a, a big difference, by the way? I mean, it's kind of a cliche question in a way, yeah. but I do like to ask. Do you find a big difference when you come Canadian crowds versus, you know, touring the States? Touring, well, you're all over the map, really. But Well, no, I would say that, I mean, there's definitely, uh, it's a unique country. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but I would say that uh, it's only positive. I feel as though Canadians have, um, uh, you know, Humor is kind of like part of the Canadian personality, I think. It and is. So like there's a – which is different from like say the British kind of perspective on comedy. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's because of the rich heritage of Canadian comedians. I think there's something about us that's – because British comedy is more turned outward. It's sort of everybody else is the target in a way and it's very wry and it's very – Canadians are more self-deprecating. That's sort of what we're known for. Yeah. You know, I feel like we have to be in a way. We, you know, we're the, the younger – we're like the little stepchild of the states in a way and of Britain. So I think that's where a lot of our comedy comes from, too. But I think that a really good comedy is is inherently vulnerable. So yeah, I true. would think. So it's appealing, you know. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, as North Americans, like uh, performing in the states or in Canada – for me, it's there's not really uh, an adjustment of expectations. Yeah. Whereas, like international shows, I'm like, all right, here I am in Athens, Greece. 
you know, the timing might be different. Or even in the UK, I feel like the timing's different. Well, and even I think those the old days of sort of, you, you know, you would go to a different country and perform, you would go somewhere new. The days of wondering what references might hit and what might play to different countries, that's sort of melted away, though, in a way, I guess, right? Because I think so it horrible. has. Yeah. I think it has. I mean, that being said, I would say that uh, mostly on an international, I mean, uh, putting North America aside, but like, I do feel like, when I've done shows in Scandinavia or international, I don't have to adjust, but I feel like the British kind of, maybe they would like you to adjust. Yeah, I don't know, but I haven't done that many shows there, so I, I'm basing that on like knowledge from 10 years ago. Like you almost, they almost might want you to sort of adapt to their sensibility. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like now my approach would be like, I'm just gonna do what I do. Yeah, And if they, they're like, wait a minute, we don't call it a fitness center. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter. You know, you know that it's a place where you know what I'm talking out. about. Yeah. 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 One thing that's interesting, you have, and if I hope my numbers are correct here, but 10 films all told in, in 2019. I don't know if it's 10, but it's a lot of films coming out. And uh, it's interesting. I did a Canadian film. I, this is, you can edit this out, but um, <laughs> no, we need to keep And I was there. shocked that it didn't get in the Toronto Film Festival because it's a, it's a Canadian movie. It's about this guy, Malarik, who was this reporter who, uh, you know, like there was this sting operation and this uh, Quebecois guy went to jail in Thailand. Do you, do you remember the story? No, no. You, you guys can edit this. Um, <laughs> no, we'll keep it. They need the plugs. They need the airtime. Um, we kind of do the same thing in comedy, though, in Canada. What do you mean? Like we will we'll sort of have if a bigger name comes from the states and does something here, we'll sort of go to that first. Well, I think first, I you mean know? you know the whole tall poppies thing, right? Yeah. But I think it was like I'm trying to find out what that Malaric guy did. Like, was he like Jeffrey Epstein or what? What did he do? Because that's what I was told was that he, and he was a reporter here yeah. in Toronto, and he kind of uncovered this this uh, thing that was this cover-up. And uh, you'd think he was a hero, but maybe he'd done something wrong. I don't know, maybe hit women or something. I don't know. I feel bad that This I is don't. a comedy show, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's bad that I don't know that story because we are on a news talk station here in Toronto, and, and I didn't know about this anyways. Join us next week when we're back to regular local comedians. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, who's performing at the Season Bucket four Shark. kicks off with Gaffigan. <laughs> then it's 11 months of open micers. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and some dead people. And we'll be right back with more Jim Gaffigan right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Roddy Colmer. And Jay Brody. And you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back. More season four of Inside Jokes, baby, with the one and only Jim Gaffigan right here in studio. It's Inside Jokes, of course, on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. But 10 films, though, I mean, I'm, you know, people can make the comparison to a lot of comedians who have gone that path of, you know, becoming the, the serious actor or, or yeah. going down that road. I, like, I prefer to call it like a reverse John C. Riley, though, really. Oh, that's interesting. You know, because he started off in all these yeah. independent films and he was sort of this 
yeah, film I mean, festival darling, and then he went down the path of comedy. I mean, do you see yourself going more in that direction? You're doing a lot of acting right now. Well, it's it, it all depends what the role is. You know, if it's if it's fascinating, if it's um, you know something that is uh, something I could get excited about. I know that sounds even kind of cliche ish, but like I don't, you know. Uh, you know, in the entertainment industry, I think you have to constantly be proving to people what you can actually do. Yeah, yeah. So, and comedy, it's like there's there's different stigmas to deal with, but I think that there is a stigma that comedians aren't necessarily actors. But it's, you know, so I love acting, but I will always be a stand-up. You know what I mean? Well, and I guess in stand-up, obviously, it's it's just you up there. It's an exaggerated version of yourself, of course, but it's still just Jim up there. So yeah. with this, you get to disappear into something else. Which just, is fun. Which is fun, right, for you? Because, yeah. I mean, you're out on stage, you're touring, you're yeah. taping specials, you're doing whatever, you're playing clubs, and you're, you're, you're still putting yourself out there. With this, you get to sort of disappear a bit, obviously. Yeah, and you get to explore darker sides and... Uh, and there's something about comedy about relieving the tension and then in a drama you kind of sit at it and kind yeah. of uh, wallow in an awkward experience. It's the same, you know, you're trying to uh, drum an, ex, uh, you know, an emotion out of somebody, but it's it's fun kind of, you know, making, all comedians like to kind of make people uncomfortable anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. On stage or off, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, yeah, that's there's a lot of a truth to that for sure. Do you um, like? Do you, does it come from the same sort of? Are you flexing the same muscle in a way? Does it come from the same creative side as stand up does, or is it like? Does it conflict with it in some way? Do you I find think it in difficult? some ways? It, I think it's. I think it's very different. I think that stand up comedians are. Um, we tend to be very spoiled because we're on stage, we're by ourselves, it's a conversation with the audience, we can adjust. Whereas in acting, uh, it's very community-based. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, You're very tied to a script uh, and a story and even emotional beats of a situation. So there's a different type of discipline. The shared thing is there is listening is key to both of them. So even listening as a stand-up, listening to laughs or yeah. facial expressions, uh, even though you don't listen to them. But, you know, but listening, I think, is way more important because I think you can misinterpret how someone is physically responding to something. So I, it's all about the laughs and the type of laughs or the absence of laughs. Well, and it's interesting because when you're on stage, you know, you're reading the room, you're feeling that energy, you're riding whatever's happening that night. Yeah. Whereas you're shooting a film or you're doing this cable series, whatever it is that you're working on at the time, you're sort of putting all your eggs in one basket. You work on this thing for months or years, whatever it is, and then it comes out and then you find out what the response is. Yeah, and you have no control over which take they're going to use. I mean, I do love the idea of being a good soldier. I mean, some of it, I was an executive producer of a show, so I appreciate and I always want to be that good soldier who comes to set with ideas, but in the end, you know, wants to serve the director's vision. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah, there is something about being kind of uh, just, a, a, you know, a, a facilitator of someone else's idea. That's kind of fun. But, like, as a stand-up, you have so much control. And there's such a flexibility. Like, yeah. if I come up with 
Like, I would love to do a set tonight. I think I'm probably too tired because I had to get up. But um, there's a portability to it. Whereas with acting, you don't know what take they're going to use. You don't know how the story is playing out. You don't know about the other performances. It's like I did this movie, American Dreamer, which is uh, I'm really proud of. But and all the other performances were amazing. And so, like, the movie worked. But a lot of times in movies, you know, everything will be right. And you'll just see one thing and you're like, oh, that's too bad. They shouldn't have. Like that person doesn't look of the era or the of the of the scenery. True, true. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of takes at least me out of it. Well, and I think for you, I mean, a comic like yourself, people, you know, you you sort of you have your own brand of comedy, you have your own image. So then, all of a sudden, when you're trying to disappear into this role, especially if it is something a little bit more dark or a little bit more dramatic, it's sort of difficult for people to separate that from Jim Gaffigan, the comic, in a way. It you is, know? you know, it's fascinating because. Like every now and then on social media, someone would be like, I just saw Jim Gaffigan on a Law and Order episode. It was weird. <laughs> it's like, but comedians are, uh, you know, they're very kind of, like I'm not horsing around and smiling and glad handing yeah. in my stand-up. I mean, I'm not like yelling or anything, but um, if you peel away, uh, you know, a lot of my stand-up comedy, I'm complaining. <laughs> about yeah, a lot yeah. of things. Yeah. Uh, you know, because a lot of the comic ideas kind of, you know, arise from something bumping me. And then I'm like, or I find something weird. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I have, you know, there's a lot of things about Canada that I think are weird. Yeah, we are. Well, we're just a giant Minnesota, basically. Well, no, no. But I just think, like, I love, I love poutine. Yeah. I do. All right. Because um, it seems know, American. Well, it's like, it's, but it is also like, uh, and I understand Quebec and Ottawa and I've been, I went to a poutine festival in Ottawa (laughs) in April and they said that it was the second one they had that year. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, what do they have it every other week? But like the, like, I think that poutine is so fascinating because it's like, that's the national food. Like, you know, like, you know, there's people in like. British Columbia going, what about the salmon we got here? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, and people in the Maritimes are like, there's lobsters over here, and we're going with the French fry thing? You know what I mean? So, like, there's certain things that are kind of confusing, but that's what, but that's not annoyance, but, like, it's just things that confuse me. Well, and I think that's maybe one of the keys to your success, and definitely one of the things I think appeals about you is that people just see you as this genuine guy when you're up on stage. There's no real, you know, larger than life persona. You're not stepping into a character in your stand-up. You just, people just see you as, oh, this is what this guy would be like if I just sat down at a bar with him or something. You know, yeah. They would get the same version of you. And I day. also want to point out, I don't like if I'm at a bar. I don't want people sitting down at a no, bar. No, yeah. With me. <laughs> the one and only Jim Gaffigan, right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, this is Richard Lett. You're listening. Okay, I'm sorry. Hey, this is Alex Wood, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back. <laughs> More 
More Jim Gaffigan in studio right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto, and of course, coast to coast, Canada-wide, worldwide, on Global News Online. You know, should you go and, and pop up on stage somewhere while you're in Toronto? I think you should. Because every comic, if you show up at some club or something tonight, every comic that goes up and takes a selfie with you, all their bios now are going to just say, open for Jim Gaffigan. No, that's... That's what happens in Canada when you come here. No, I love Canada. Absolutely. I love it. Do you find... Because, I mean, in the stand-up world, obviously, you, you're you a name. You are your own brand. You know all this stuff. You have, you're, you just released the first, actually, the first original stand-up special on Amazon Prime Video. Quality time. We'll keep plugging that, by the way. Oh but so, I mean, obviously, you're established in stand up to say the least. When you first started taking on these dramatic roles and, and stepping more and more into the acting world, was there anything intimidating about that for you? Because all of a sudden you're with the big players in that world and you're sharing the screen with these actors that you've been watching for years. Was there anything sort of, oh, I'm in their world now? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's different. Uh, you know, the acting world. I mean, Hollywood is just weird. You know what I mean? It's like, and I am a comedian, so there is something, uh, it's, you know, Hollywood is just weird. It's like, even like movie premieres, it's like, it's all, it's all pretend. It's like you go to a movie yeah. premiere, you know, there's not some special theater. It's some theater that you went and saw like Toy Story 4 in. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, wait a minute, this is... But we're just wearing a suit. You know what I mean? It's very weird. Like, it, so much of the entertainment industry is pretend. So, like, there is very much a, a status thing in the entertainment industry, which can be intimidating. Whereas, like, with comedy or stand-up, it's very much you go on stage and people either laugh or they don't. Yeah. It's not... Uh, that's not to say that... When you have a level of success, you don't get some passes initially, but eventually, after five minutes, you either are funny or not. It does your resume is irrelevant after two minutes in a comedy show. That's true, and there might be more of an element of yeah. that when you are at that level because you're stepping into this sold out theater, and the audience is kind of going, "Well, give me something, yeah, prove something to me." But it is also one. there is also an advantage of. I know from uh, what I love about performing in theaters is, uh, first of all, there's no distractions of like the nightclub, but there's also like everyone there knows your point of view. Yeah. So true. you're kind of playing to uh, a home field. You know what I mean? So, and then you can play more. Yeah. Well, and I mean, obviously, obviously, of course, stand up is still your first love. Like you, you're doing all of this stuff because of that. And that's still, you know, that's your your main thing that you do. Do you still get the same feeling from it, the same sort of high from it than you did in those early days? I mean, being at this level now, is there still that element of every show, regardless of where it is, every night that I go out could be my next best set or my worst set? Is there still oh, yeah. that element well, of danger to it? I would be dishonest if I said that. I mean, I don't have... Uh, now, me saying this, I'll definitely bomb horrifically. <laughs> but, like, you shouldn't fall, like, you shouldn't have the devastating failures that you initially had in of the course, first year. Yeah. But that the excitement of stand-up is still there because a new joke or a new line is, that's that's a comedian's heroine. That's what we're, yeah. like, jonesing for. 
What I'm trying to say is do heroin. <laughs> um, but no, but like... First comedian ever <laughs> so, to do heroin. <laughs> so, but I do think that there is... It's, it's very much constructed on self-assignment. You know, yeah. like so... But I love touring. So, and you have to show up with new material. And the material has to be good. So it's this self-propelling thing. So you want to always be coming up with new material because it makes uh it it's, it it gives you joy but also if you're going to be coming back to Toronto or Vancouver the audience there's an ongoing uh unspoken agreement you're going to have new stuff and it's going to be good yeah you know what i mean cuz every now and then you'll hear about a comedian that just kind of shows up and kind of wanders around on stage and even if the audience has a good time they're not coming back do you know what I mean? There is. There's almost that element of, well, at that point, they kind of just went to see you because you're you. Right. They went to see the name and that's it. So they yeah. might not have taken away from that show what they could have, right? Yeah. And we have more quality time with the one and only Jim Gaffigan coming right up after the break. Keep it tuned in. There's more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, my name is Amanda Day, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto with the one and only Jim Gaffigan. So for you, what's your favorite sort of space to go in and go and just hone some new stuff, go and test out some new material? I mean, what's your favorite your sort of workout rooms? Because everybody has them still, even at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, there's you know, it varies. I mean, I've much more uh, obviously uh, uh you know, comedy clubs are key. And, uh, you know, whatever they're called now, alternative rooms are good. Yeah. Um, but I find, you know, longer sets are kind of, you know, when I can do like an hour and 10 minutes, that's when I can bring up an idea. And even if it doesn't work, the audience isn't like, oh, that's a joke that failed. They're just like, oh, he just kind of went off on a tangent. And um, so I, f- I find longer sets where I can kind of, elaborate on things like and there's like nubs of ideas that i want to like i want to do something about uh this like the canadian drink the caesar yeah, yeah How, okay. like i want to do something on that but i can't do it anywhere outside of canada because people don't know about it that's true but yeah. like i just think it's insane that um it's like it's a bloody mary you guys have bloody marys too we but kind of yeah but it's with clamato, which is clam juice. Like, you know, it's like, I don't even know why there is clam juice. Like, <laughs> I, you know, like no one's kind of like, you know what? I, you know what? I'm thirsty for clams. No yeah. one's ever saying that. And it's just, I love how it's, uh, you know, in more than one occasion in Canada, I've had someone come up to me and just give me a Caesar. Yeah, that's all They'll be like, this is the number one cocktail. <laughs> In Canada, and I'm like, I don't even think that's a thing, but um, I just think that it's such a unique kind of um, 
Canadian thing that I, 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 you know, so anyway, that that's like a nub of an idea that I think could be funny. And to be honest with you, none of we all. Yes, we do love Caesars that as yeah. a country. We love them. But we, none of us know why they exist or how they came to exist. Like, <laughs> like who came up with the it's idea to add clam to it? Because if someone was like, well, we'll just yeah, we'll take a Bloody Mary and make it our own. We'll throw some herring in there. You know, like it, the clam part. We No one knows. Right. It's not. It doesn't, like, there's no logical thing. Like, there's not even, like, you know, clams are really good for you. It's not that. Yeah, no, we don't care about that part. It's like, you know how, like, you love the taste of clam? No one does, do they? <laughs> right? It's not even, like, it's weird also that it's called a Caesar because it's, like, it's nothing like a Caesar salad. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, we. I, I think it's a national mystery. We, we really, <laughs> and it's definitely not a health thing because you mentioned the poutine earlier. Yeah, poutine is horrible for you. It's poutine great, but is, it's horrible for you. It, you know, and you said it. It's like it's almost like someone was trying to find a way to make French fries more unhealthy. Yeah, they're like, yeah. what can we do? We could put gravy on it, but like that would be disgusting. We could also add cheese curds. You know, I'm, but it's like, but the poutine is, or it's poutine. It's like either way, you're still saying poo. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just. But there's I there's so many things of Canada that I want to figure out. Yeah. And I don't even have jokes for it. But like the whole St. John, St. John's thing, I want to, like, why? Why is there the Northwest Territories? Why yeah. don't you name your country? Finish the task. Right? I think we never have. We have this kind of identity crisis in Canada, and it comes into our comedy a lot. Why too. is everything in uh, British Columbia called Vancouver? How many <laughs> Vancouver things can you have? Right? That's kind of true, yeah. Anyway, this is why I'm running for prime minister. <laughs> um, it's not hard to do now, really. So it's, yeah, you could. But yeah, we have, we, we kind of have this sort of self-awareness, self-identity problem in Canada, I think. We've always tried to figure it out in our stand-up, too, in our comedy. Yeah. Because I think we're next door to you guys. So we're like, instead of figuring ourselves out, we're just like, let's, we'll try to be more like them, though. We want more of what they have. It's, but it's also, it's so kind of like the... The remnants of the British and the Scottish thing, right? Totally, yeah. And it's so weird when you go to Australia because they have it too. You know, there's the Commonwealth there countries. Yeah, yeah. And then you go to the UK and you're like, all right, these guys are British. And then around 11 o'clock, they turn into like, it's like, wait a minute, is it like Braveheart suddenly? You know, like it's just this shift. Whereas I think at least. Canadians and Americans, you know, like we're pretty much the same people at 11 o'clock at night. Whereas I feel like English people and Scottish people at 11, they're a little bit different. Am I imagining? I don't know. I'm just talking out my ass. <laughs> like something changes at night. No, there's just something where they're like, you know, maybe like that whole mentality of get drunk and get in a fight. Yeah. Like, that's a British thing. It's like, we'll go out, we'll get the guys together, and we'll go out, and then we'll drink, like, too much beer, and then we'll fight. I'm like, at what point is that fun? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, a wimp. There is an element of that to Canadian society. We're polite by day. Oh, really? Yeah. And then is there a fighting? So, like, or are the Maritimes, are they more like fighters? I'm a, I, I think so. You know, there's maybe there's more Irishness. I don't know. The Maritimes are very interesting. Of course, the weirdest part of Canada is that six million of you 
speak another language, which is French, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's and the Great Canadian Compromise is that the uh, the English decided to learn French, and the Quebecois agreed to just continue to speak French. That that <laughs> yeah. was the Great Compromise, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the English is being pushed out. A and there bit are more. people that are bilingual and they're called flight attendants, right? Those yeah, are the only right. people. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we also have an island in Canada that's part of Canada, but it's still owned by France. Really? Yeah, in the Maritimes. So there's just this little island and they have like French money and they vote in French elections, but they're just here. Oh, that's and so you interesting. You take a little ferry there and you're just in France now. And then you take another ferry and now you're in like Newfoundland or something. Don't you think it's weird how like. And I know that the British did uh, horrible things, but no, uh, no not them. Um, but uh, but it is just weird how the Quebecois. It's like they're. It's like the French just. It's not like they had some people. That, it's like six million. There's a lot of yeah Quebecois that the French are just like. Yes, you guys stay here. We're going back. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just seems like a lot of people to just. You know, I guess that's the power of the British Empire. I think had. in a way, maybe that's sort of part of our, you know, reserve. They, people didn't even life. know this was going to be a history lesson. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm learning things from you about Canada, you know, but I, I think that's maybe part of our sort of, you know, all the cliches about Canadian society that we're sort of, we're polite, and we're quiet, we're just up here sort of doing our own thing. We also don't have the same history as you guys. We just sort of signed a piece of paper at one point. Yeah, it was no. like divorcing your parents. That was it. You guys had wars and you had to fight. For us, it was just like you're, you're okay. It's fine. You're your own thing now. Yeah, no, it was it's very quiet. It's it's fascinating and how that, but also like a lot of that history is, you know, it informs maybe the culture, but it's like. I mean, I didn't fight in World War II. Did you? No. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, why would we take credit for it? Do you know what I mean? Even though the Russians won it anyway. Yeah. But like, uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's it's fascinating, like national identity. It's it's interesting being an American with Trump as president because everyone likes Trump. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's going well. It's, it's like it's well doing shows internet. It's kind of like having uh, an alcoholic parent, you know? <laughs> You like show up in countries and you're like, sorry, but my dad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to tell just you. Just sort of warn everyone in advance. <laughs> you're just like, I don't know. It wasn't me. You know? He's going to say something. <laughs> he, trying to get the phone from him. We can't get it from you know, Honestly, it's entertaining sometimes. You know, um, So it's weird. And we'll be right back with more Jim Gaffigan right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, my name is Amish Patel, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on 640. You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you course by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. We just sort of watch right now. You know, it's like having that neighbor where you're like, what's going on in their yard tonight? I also want to figure out a joke about how um, the, the, the stereotype of Americans is that we're obnoxious and the stereotype of Canadians is that they're nice. Yeah. But like, that's not a stereotype. That's a compliment. 
But and and I don't know if I can make it the joke. I'm just like giving away all this material. <laughs> but like Next I don't special. know. Uh, but I don't know uh, if like I don't know if nice is a compliment because I think that nice is something you say about a neighbor you've never talked to. Yeah, you're like, uh, oh yeah, them they they they're nice. Do you know what I mean? But someone you know, you say they're great. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, they're nice. Like that seems like a little bit uh, dismissive. It is. It's sort of a generic. It's like a date you don't want to go on. Right. It's like nice, but yeah. you know, I don't want to sleep with them. That's right. We're the Tinder date that you sort of politely decline. <laughs> that's what it is. It is. It's sort of this put off. But this, you know, like, yeah, I they're... think that's also why I like Canada because there is. I mean, I'm my comedy is very self-effacing, and I feel like the Canadian personality is very self-effacing, and in both cases, it's bullshit. Because <laughs> it's just, uh, it's an easy way to diffuse a situation. But like, obviously, you know, you, you know, you talk to a Canadian about hockey, and they're less humble. They're like, like I, I watched the, like I remember watching the uh, Olympics with a friend of mine who was from BC, and Canada was in it, and I yeah. saw a side of him that I've never seen before. <laughs> he was like, it was like. Uh, it was stressful, like, and it was like one of those things where, uh, you know, you feel as though, um, if Canada lost that game, he, he wouldn't, or the, the, the match or whatever it's called, he wouldn't have been happy for a long time. That's when our aggressive side comes out. I feel yeah. everybody turns into like the hockey dad. Yeah. At the kids game, trying to fight the other dads. That's the crazy. Only, that's the only time it comes out. Speaking of quality time, yes, right. So I think when people, you know, people who know your material, people who will go out and watch you, they know they're going to get certain things, and they want yeah. certain things. They're like, I want to go see Jim Gaffigan. I want a guy that I can relate to. I want him to complain about stuff. I want. I'm a dad. I want to hear him talk about being a dad. I I like food. I want to hear him yeah. talk about food. I'm human. I'm human. I want to see <laughs> him be human. Did you get to tackle some stuff in quality time that you haven't really? worked on before like material that you haven't really experimented with before did you get to sort of go in a different direction that you haven't before well there's some of it is you know it's stand-ups all self-assignment but i would say that um and i had just come off of noble ape which was uh the, a special where i really kind of discussed my wife having a brain tumor yeah. and all the medical things so i was you know some of it is I have ideas of things that I want to discuss, and I've done it in past specials where I'm like, I'm going to do five minutes on cancer, you know. Um, but, you know, for me, it's you work on stuff that's funny, but it's it's not like I have that much control over it uh, uh, in that, you know, things will just kind of bump me and then I'll start working on them. So in other words, like, yeah, maybe the horse jokes, like I was like, I'm going to come up with 10 minutes of horse jokes. Like that was yeah. the assignment I gave myself. But, um, you know, breaking a taboo or like doing something I not, I don't normally do, it, you know, I have a philosophy that you have to, that a comedian, like a good friend, has to challenge their friends, which are the audience. Yeah. So every now and then I'll challenge them um not by like just shocking them but you know and i had a friend he's like he's like you have to purify your audience so that they're 
And I, you know, because no one's coming to my shows because they're they saw me in on some TV show. They're coming just for the stand up. But yeah. that being said, there's, you know, you know, people like the surprise of stand up. So like they like being challenged. They like when you kind of go to an edge. And it's weird because it's like people might be like, but you're not edgy. But you know, it's it's all you know, it, you know, I don't curse, but like there are stuff, uh, there obviously is stuff that goes to the edge. Cause if it wasn't, then no one would come. You know, if it was just yeah. knock knock jokes or just vanilla, people wouldn't, you know, and it's not about money. I'm convinced. I think it's about time. Yeah. I think it's, you know, we don't live in such a cursing filled world where people are like, let's go and sit in this theater and listen to this guy who doesn't curse. It has to be funny. And we'll be back with more quality time with Jim Gaffigan right here on Inside Jokes, only on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Rodrigo Fernandez Stoll, star of the North by Northeast Music Festival, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Now, back to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto with the one and only Jim Gaffigan. For you, because, I mean, you you are a, such a specific voice in comedy. You are your own brand, if we can use that word. Do you find that there's sort of a line that you have to sort of tiptoe along where it's your audience knows what to expect, a certain thing from you, you have your style, You are they know what Jim Gaffigan is, but keeping stand-up sort of fresh and inventive for you and and making sure you aren't sort of typecasting yourself. Well, there is, yeah. So you have to, um, like for me, it's, you know, it's food jokes. Yeah. So like I'm kind of, I've pretty much covered all the food jokes. And like in the last, like I think this special, I don't know if there's, there's definitely some food in there, but not <laughs> okay, like yeah. um, compared to, and then, like, the, you know, like, but I remember the Noble Ape, I was like, there was no mention of any food jokes until 46 minutes in. And so, like, but I always sit there and go, I'm not going to do any food stuff. But then inevitably some food stuff comes up. Yeah. So, uh, because I'm a pig and I'm a glutton <laughs> and I like to eat food. So it's, so there is something of, yeah, there's there's an expectation of that, but I'm a very observational thing, observational comedian. Yeah. So there is some of that, but you have to surprise. I think is is always in there and keeping it interesting and um and I don't know. I mean, it's always changing. I think that um, every comedian if to to transcend another decade you have to evolve with the time so i think that we live in a much more exhibitionist and voyeuristic era than it was 20 years ago 40 years ago absolutely yeah like you know when seinfeld really got big initially you didn't learn anything about him and now we're in this day and age where that's almost a price of entry like what are we going to learn about you? Yeah. Are you are you admitting the most embarrassing thing? And so of course there's people that just do that. But like so like there is 
uh, people people do want to learn something about someone. You have to expose yourself a little bit. But that's also important for creativity. Absolutely. And I think audiences want to see that. They want to see, okay, I, I know this person's material. I know what I like about them already. But yeah. they see you changing and your material changing and evolving with just your own life. Yeah. You know? And I mean, you talk about your own life on stage. It yeah. goes through that filter, of course, as any yeah. comedian does. But it's sort of, a, here's an update of what's going on in my life. You're talking about your kids. You're talking yeah. about your wife. You're talking about what's current for you. you yes, know? absolutely. One thing I want to know, Jim, uh, and you know, I was asking a lot of Toronto comics and Canadian comics, like, here's a chance. Get some advice from Jim Gaffigan about comedy. Get some expertise. Uh, most people just And they want, were like, who's Jim Gaffigan? A lot of them, honestly, <laughs> were just like, hey, how many more kids is he going to have? How many kids yeah, does he have yeah. now? There was a lot of that. I want to know. Uh, you know, when you're not on stage, you're acting more now, as we talked about earlier, yeah. you're doing voice work, you're sort of spinning all these plates as comedians kind of have to do. That's all part yeah. of the whole package, right? When are you and Conan going to do a Pale Force series or right. a Pale Force movie? That's what the people I, want, Jim. Well, I think NBC owns that. Yeah. So we don't have any choice <laughs> in that. now, yeah. But it is, it is so amazing because that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's occasionally like one of my kids will discover it and go, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they'll discover it on YouTube, but I think NBC takes them down off of YouTube. So, uh, that was a fun project, but it was animations kind of, you know, particularly when you're writing and, and, um, that was my brother-in-law's idea and, and then he was doing the animation. So it was really labor intensive like all the animated shows that everyone loves you should know most of the time those graphic designers are getting paid like a dollar an hour yeah like it's you do it for love yeah and so uh pale force was fun it's interesting because i almost wonder if like you know it's we live in a different time now also like that was that you know there was there was something almost funny about it back then but now it's almost like it might have a whiff of white pride. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, actually, I never thought about that. Right? Maybe so. Yeah, it, yeah, there might be that context and body shaming, all these things that might, yeah. you know, we were yeah. thinking of. Yeah, there's body ago. shaming all over it. That's true. Uh, before we wrap up, Jim, and of course, uh, Quality Time, it's out now on Amazon Prime Video, the first ever original stand-up special on there, which I think hopefully that's going to open up the floodgates too for more stuff. Yeah, that would be great. People need to watch this. I do want to ask before we wrap it up here, for you, when you were starting out, and we, we do get a lot of up-and-coming comics and, and newer comics listening to this show, who sort of in the stand-up world gave you your first push and your first support and sort of saw you and went, this guy's got something? Oh, I would say that I was the best credit I had for the first six years I did stand-up was that Dave Attell thought I was funny. And so him kind of acknowledging me was like, that was a big boost. Because you don't know. Because it is just utter insanity, usually. I mean, obviously, it's different now. I mean, when I started stand-up, there were wooden microphones. No, um, <laughs> but it's it, it changes. But yeah, no, that was something... Because in the end, you want the respect of your peers, I think. Because yeah, all the sure. rest of it is nice. You know, you want the laughs from the audience. But, you know, these the brotherhood and sisterhood of comedians is very... We're an odd group. You know, like you'll meet someone and you'll be like, oh, they're a comedian. You're like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, and there's it's, there's nothing that defines it necessarily. So, um, 
Yeah, having a kind of like a tell think I was funny was pretty important. It is so true also because it's this community of people who there's this competitiveness and this cutthroat side to it. But you're also bonded with each other because they're the only like-minded people who are like you. Or so it's like the you know the island of misfit toys. Absolutely. You know? And it's like who else would we be with? That's it. Yeah, that just these strange priorities. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just you know, it's very weird. All right, perfect. Well, Jim Gaffigan, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. And of course, Quality Time is out now on Amazon Prime Video. First original special on there, so of course go and watch that. And watch just watch all of Jim Gaffigan's oh, stuff. thank you. Keep doing it. Go see him live whenever you can and uh, check out this new special. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Jim Gaffigan with his take on Dayline. Watch all of his videos on Prime Video. Speaking of lying murderers, I watch a lot of Dateline. I don't want to brag. Some other winners out there. <laughs> if you're unfamiliar or you have a life, Dateline <laughs> is a news magazine show, like 60 Minutes. But at one point, Dateline just went all in on murder. <laughs> and it's usually spousal murder. Like, if you watch Dateline, it appears most marriages end in murder. <laughs> Every episode starts the same. They had the perfect marriage. <laughs> but you know someone's getting killed. A husband, a wife, sometimes they'll get someone else to kill their spouse, which seems impersonal. It's like, you took a vow, do it yourself. Anyway, I was watching this one episode of Dateline about this guy who murdered his wife. It was gruesome. I was watching with my wife on our anniversary. <laughs> my wife didn't care. I mean, she wasn't thrilled I was taking notes. <laughs> what are you writing down? This guy's just sloppy. It's like he's trying to get caught. <laughs> 